Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ignorant Bliss. Um, this is your host for those who might listen to the first time, Julian Lytle. Uh, on this episode, I am recording with my friend, uh, fellow host or member of the Culture Trapping Podcast, Sean Pryor, as he's about to start his Kickstarter for his new comic project, Ignition. So we talk about uh, kind of what the comic is about. Uh, when it starts, when it's planning to come out, and we go into a lot of tangents about comic book business and ideas, and along with talk about some of the things that inspired the comic. Uh, it's a comic that is is cars is a focus in um car driving, so there's some there's some good Fast and Furious talk. If you would like to, uh, after listening to this. Uh, contribute to the Kickstarter. You can go to theignitioncomic.com or redirect you right to the Kickstarter. You can follow uh, Sean at uh, Sean R. Pryor on Twitter. And from there, you can get links to uh, all his websites and stuff. SeanPryor.com, plenty of other things. There'll be links in the show notes. If you like this show, please like, share, subscribe. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can get this on most of the known podcast outlets, ways to listen to podcasts. There's so many more now than there used to be. I don't know if I'm on actually every single one. Uh, Ignorant Bliss Podcast at gmail.com. IGBL Podcast on Twitter. Uh, for the show, Julian Lytle on all social media. And um, that's it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. I understand, my man. I understand. Um, yeah, man. All my computers was like, nah, fam. Um, you're gonna have to restart. Oh, by the way, we got some upgrades for you. Oh, by the way, we upgrade back again. I'm like, listen, I just need one of y'all just to work. Yeah. From much today. I turn off a lot of that uh auto update stuff. Yeah, I, I should. And it's funny because like that stuff that that normally would be the thing I normally do. And like lately I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna worry about it. But it's always when I need shit to work that I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot I need to turn that shit off, you know. But um, but no, man, I'm OK this morning. I'm all I'm all right. I'm all right. I uh, <clears throat> my fiance um, loves uh, Outlander and she was like, I want you to start watching this with me. I was like, ah, OK, no problem. You know, seeing this is going to be my way of like getting her to watch power. Mm. So it. So if I watch Outland, she gotta watch Power. Okay, so I was like, yeah, that, that yeah, 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 you know, yeah. so I'll make this work. I'll make this work because, like, you, you know, y'all got me hype on Power now. <laughs> yeah, on the Power Universe. Yes, man. Like I'm, like that culture trapping episode where y'all was talking about the Power Universe. Like I am legitimately excited about that. Yeah, I like how we got to a place where uh, it's not just it's just not geeky stuff making universes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. I, you know what, man? For real, I need more soap opera universes. You know, we ain't had one since um, 
how like Dallas spun off Knott's Landing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of that, you know, a lot of that went away. Yeah, man. Riverdale is doing a good job at it because they got Riverdale, now they got Katie Keene, and you can kind of say Sabrina's kind of tangentially connected. So it's like, oh, okay, I see what y'all doing. Yeah, man. Comics ain't selling in the grocery store no more, so we got to make these shows. Yeah, man. I missed, you know what, real talk, I missed that. Because, like, comic books in the grocery store, that was like, to me, that was like the ultimate surprise. Because you never knew what was going to be on them shelves at the grocery store. You might not even get your issue with X-Men. You just be like, okay, it's whatever they got. Yep. You know, because, like, that was the thing. Because if you didn't have a comic book shop, that was the only way. Because it was like, like, it would either be my Kroger or um, a convenience store like United Dairy Farmers. And so, because, like, for the longest time and where I grew up, there were no comic shops until, like, the late 80s. So it was a thing of, okay, either my mom, who worked in Cincinnati, would drive me up to Cincinnati. She's like, okay, baby, we're going to go up to this one comic book shop. And this will happen like once every two months. We're going to go up here and I'm going to give you some money and you go buy some books. And that was once every two months. And so, like, you would see all these books and then you just be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, just let, let, me, let me cop what I can cop. And if we come back, I'll try to get the continuation of XYZ. Whereas if you was at at a Kroger, you were at a Kroger grocery store all the time. So, you know, it wasn't nothing to like drop like 60 cents, 65 cents. Like, you know, my parents weren't going to complain about that. Or I had pocket change because I had change left over from school lunch. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, oh, I didn't know the thing had a comic book. Word? Bet. Cop. You know, and like and that was a lot of it. It was like, well, I don't see I don't see what I normally would want to read. But this looks cool. So let me go check this out. And so, like, it was, it was like this really just random thing, and it was just, it was awesome, and I enjoyed that. You know, I used to buy Wizard because to me it was a way that I could know what's going on, like a ton of comic books. Yes. At the same time, because I couldn't get all the comic books, I can get that Wizard though. Yeah. Wizard would have that little thing, like what's going on each month. Mm -hmm. I always felt up to date. Like, I could, like, pick up a comic later on and be like, hey, I know what happened. You know what I'm saying? What's it told me last month? I'm, I'm straight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when that joint first started, it was it was basically, here is a safe version of the comics internet. Cultivation. You know? Cultivation. Yeah, you cultivate. Yeah, and so there we go. We're going to cultivate We're gonna cultivate the game before we turn it into, help push the speculator market. Here you go. And um, in the beginning, it was dope. Got, like, a lot of fan art up in there. And like a lot of fan art was from folks that now got jobs in the game, and um, yeah, man, it was wild times, man. It was wild times. It, it, it really was. It really was. But no, I miss them. I miss them grocery store days, though. I do. Shoot, I even bought Star Wars figures up in the grocery store. Yeah. So my first Transformers came out as uh, a People's Drug. I don't know if y'all had People's Drug, but oh, because People's no, we Drug didn't. became CVS. CVS oh, Auto. okay. Yeah. See. We okay now. Back in the day, like, like we didn't have we like you may have saw like a Rite Aid once every couple of like miles or so. But normally, like, if you had a Kroger connected to the Kroger was a Super RX or a Super X, yeah. and like the like it was like Super, and they had a and at the end of the R there was an X. So I always used to call it Super RX, but it was Super X. Yeah, and like that's where um. You know, you got your medications and all this other stuff because it's before like grocery stores like became that all in one jam. But like normally the Kroger, depending on what Kroger you was at, 
if the Kroger didn't have the toys, the Super RX had the toys. And like, unless the Kroger was this really huge Kroger, there's a Kroger in Hamilton, Ohio, where my dad would come pick me up so we could go see his mom. On the way back, we rolled by the Kroger because my grandma, my mom's side of the family, um, worked at that Kroger because she was a she was a baker and you know baked cakes and all this other stuff. And she was she was a fantastic baker. May she rest in peace. And um, she became like for like Ohio for like the tri-state area, Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. They would call, like the the um, corporate would call her and be like, "Hey, we need you to come down here for a couple of days and teach people how to properly make cakes, and like you know, and show them all these designs and how you design these flowers and all these other things for these cakes." Anyway, so I would go there and Grandma would be there on my mom's side, Grandma Maddie, and she give me a free cookie, and then she give me five dollars, mm-hmm. and she like, "Yo, go get you, go get you a toy." My dad be like, "Don't be, don't be giving that boy no money. He got enough as is." <laughs> so we go into the toy section. There'd be Star Wars figures, G.I. Joes, GoBots, Transformers. And it was like, and like, and maybe like every other month or so, there would be a new toy and they'd have a couple, like maybe some sectars or something like that. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you know, so you might see something like that, you know, and like, um, and I just remember I was like, well, I got like this. I got like I had like some extra money in my pocket, too. So I was like, hmm. I can either get two Joes or I can get three Joes or I can get two GoBots. I couldn't. But the Transformers was like they was too high. So I was just like, how are we going to make this work? Or I could get four Star Wars figures because they own clearance right now. So like I just <laughs> like, man, I, I miss that sometimes, though. I do. I do. Yeah, stores ain't they ain't hitting no more. Like even when I go into a Walmart because, you know, they got I got a close Walmart. I go yeah. in there sometimes because it's easy. It's easy to get anything on Walmart. That's why Walmart wins. It's like, oh man, I need like a hammer. Hmm, do I need to go to a hardware store? Like, nah, Walmart got a hammer. You know? What I'm yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. Like, oh man, I need some. Man, I don't know. They just, I just go to Walmart and they be having shit. Yeah. And I go to a little toy section. I was like, all oh, your joints always be bootleg. Like, all oh, your joints always be ravaged. Like, what's the, what the hell is going on? You know? Well. What I mean? Yeah, well, a lot of it. Target a lot of ravage now. Yep. Like, I'm like, yo, man, like that damn shell company that ruined Toys R Us. Now nah, I can't go to no Toys R Us to see what's really popping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and like the big problem is, is that like with the regular department stores, you got this issue of basically, you know, folks either coming in early in the morning, <clears throat> grabbing everything, and then selling it on eBay and flipping it, or you have toy manufacturers purposely shorting on shipping so it creates this like it creates this really weird demand so yeah yes (laughs) yeah man so it's it's a mess man and like that shit's been going on for years but see the thing is it used to be okay if i went to target and i couldn't find xyz that's all right i go to toys r us there's enough Toys R Us's. I'll, I'll eventually find it or I give them a call. Be like, yo, if you see this, hold this for me. I'll be there. Bet. Click. Well, well, now that's gone. And, 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 you know, not only that, you know, like, so now it's even worse. You know, so like, it's, it's, it's all jacked up. So then it's just like, well, I'll just go online and cop it. And then you're like, do I really want to pay like this extra four or $5 plus shipping on top of that? For something I, I really wanted when I should be able to just go get it at the store. The shipping be killing me, B. Yeah. 
I swear to God, Amazon got me because I don't want to pay for shipping no more. <laughs> oh, man. It seems like no matter what nowadays, man, no matter what, we just going to get got. And you know they got Amazon stores now, right? Yeah, we don't have that around here, though. So, yo, like, oh. I need to take something back. I, need to, I was like, oh, let me go send this back. You know what I'm saying? Then like, well, I got to figure out how I want to send it back. And it's like, oh, I can take it back to the store because, you know. DC got DC of course got Amazon store. I'm like, oh shit! You mean I can buy something online and take it back to the store like this is like 1988 JC Penny? Like damn, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they they go around making things too easy, too easy. Yeah, yeah, they do, they do, man. Like now, one of the um, one of the Amazon warehouses is here. Um, you know that's a pretty big employer for our town, but um. But yeah, man, no, there's no Amazon store here yet, and I'm actually honestly, I'm kind of surprised. I really am. I think they've been really, uh, they've been really interested in how they roll those out and what cities they put them in. Mm-hmm. I know, yes. they, I know what they're using. They're probably using media income, media income for uh, population size and city size. Yeah. And and you know what cities are trending on certain things and what the customer base is. You know, they probably got mad analytical data. Yo, yeah. They probably oh, got yeah. mad a little bit of how much people spend, do this, do that, and third. Like, it's not that far from a Whole Foods. And, yo, there's so many Whole Foods around here. We got the, the two-hour the two hour shopping. Like, mm-hmm. anything, they can get you, like, any all the foods you want within two hours. I'm like, yo, like, it's, like, it's crazy. It's crazy to see, like, the finesse happening for, like, those who have versus those who don't, how easy yeah. it is. Yeah, like, man. They make it. They make it for you to spend bread, but you gotta have bread to spend the bread. Yes, it's crazy how the the finesse is just. Hey, yeah, I'm already, I'm I'm caught up in the system, man. Like I don't want to go outside, man. I don't got no car. I ain't driving yeah. around nowhere. Yeah, and I've been using well, this shit since I was broke. Since I had Amazon Prime, since it came out, since 2005, yeah. and say that shit on my account, like, mm-hmm. I want an award. These niggas need mm. to give me an award, like, yo. I give you all this money all these years, yo. Y'all can't give me a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like thank you for your service. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for being a good customer. Like, hold this, hold this Final Fantasy remake for free. Like, ah, oh, good look, son. <laughs> <laughs> you got me no, for another five years. <laughs> oh, they ain't gonna go that far. They ain't gonna go that far. I'm, I'm just for. I'm just waiting for them to come. Well, don't they have their own gaming system essentially too? Nah, you can play games through Fire TV, but it's like them bootleg Amazon. I mean, mm-hmm. not not bootleg Amazon, like bootleg Android games you be on play on Amazon on like Android phones or whatever. Okay. It's not it's not fire. Like they making too much money off of the the real game systems. Yeah. And that I, is I think true. some of the stuff is I think some of the actual technology on some of the other systems are they using Amazon Web Services for some of that shit. They real big on that cloud <laughs> that cloud data and storage. So it's like I wouldn't be surprised if like whatever Sony's doing, they got a little little Amazon in there somehow. Yeah. Yeah, the Amazon Web Services is everywhere, and it and it, and it was a quiet and it was quietly, it quietly built itself up over like the last like decade alone, and now it's everywhere. Yeah, like you, yeah. you got commercials for like all types of businesses talking about that shit. Yeah, man, people don't understand how much that shit is in our government too. Yep, into the government services, they don't understand how deep this shit go. It, it you go gotta way. be in there to like be like, mm, oh, okay. Oh, y'all use it? Oh, okay. You know, the Google shit, the Amazon shit, the Microsoft Azure, you know, this is that. 
this is that part of the episode people like, oh, what are they talking about? It's that real IT shit right here. It's that that real that real technology, the real cloud data. Yeah, man, it's here. Like it, it's it, it's here, and it, it ain't going nowhere. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, man. Shit. So, you know, now that we chatted off a little bit, we started off with a tangent. Let's let's go back. So, uh, so what's popping off with Ignition, right? It's, that's the name of yes. the comic, right? So, yes. Tell people what Ignition is and what's popping off with this this Kickstarter. Okay, cool. Yeah, like okay, so. Um, myself, along with uh, Jenna Lynn Wright and Kelly Guillory, uh, we are launching. We got you know got this Kickstarter popping off uh, as of uh, February twenty first. Um, it's uh, a Kickstarter for the first issue, the debut issue of Ignition, and it is a story about a about a, uh, a race car driver by the name of Jamel Reed, and uh, you know she's a major superstar in the racing circuit. <clears throat> there aren't a lot of women in racing um, in this league that she races in, let alone black women. And uh, she's in like the biggest race of her career, and you know she's just you know having the time of her life. And then something tragic happens. I don't want to give it away, but something tragic happens to where she loses everything. And by everything, I mean everything. Not just you know racing, not just endorsements. It's it's more than that. She loses something that's very close to her, and and basically has to make like a new way of living, a new way of life in order to survive. And she ends up, um, she ends up on a journey of a lifetime, which turns into the drive of a lifetime. Hmm. And it's, um, you know, it's action, it's drama. Um, as the series goes along, there's going to be like a lot of twists and turns and stuff like that. Um, that's like the really abridged version um, of what Ignition is. This is something that I've been wanting to do for like three years. Because Julian, you know me, man. I always got fifty eleven irons in the fire, and um, when I was uh, doing some work for Capstone, writing you know writing kids prose books for them, I was like, okay, um, I've been wanting to do this ignition project for a while, um, so let me put a team together. I was like, I'll plot it out, you know, I'll, I'll plot out the book. And, you know, and I was like, I want to work with um, Jenna Lynn Wright because I've known Jenna for years. Uh, her and uh, Carl Salomsky, I've known them forever uh, through the con- through the convention circuit. And then, like, and Jenna's a hell of a writer. And I was just like, well, I was like, I can write. She can write. Let's team up. Do do this really bomb-ass story. And I've always wanted to work with Kelly Guillory for, like, five, six years. And, you know, it's just like there was just nothing at the time. I was like, you know, what can we work on together? What can we work on together? It's like this. I was like, this is the project. And she was excited, um, and, and Jenna was excited. And so um, so it all came together. Once uh, once Kelly started sending in um, like, you know, concept artwork and samples and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, this is this is gonna be the perfect team. And so originally this Kickstarter was supposed to drop last year. And it didn't because like, man, last year for me was just last year was a lot. And that's just basically the easiest way for me to say it last year was a lot. And so um, I had to like just hold off. Um, and so but now, you know, we got a clear lane and, uh, you know, and I'm ready to launch this, trying to raise, if I remember correctly, like five thousand five hundred dollars uh, to handle the production budget for like the first issue and get them rewards out there. But um, it's a different story. And and once again, it's one of those things where like I just don't want to tell the same story over and over again. Um, you know, like I love superheroes, but 
it's probably going to be a long time before I ever do any superhero stuff. We got enough superheroes out here. And nobody really does like racing books or like things, you know, shit like the transporter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like we don't, you know, we don't really see much of that in comics. Um, you know, and it's like every time I go in and try to make something, I'm trying to do something that hasn't been done before that may eventually get bit later, <laughs> and, you know, by somebody, by somebody that's got more by more power and more clout behind them, um, you know, so whether it be a cash and carry, whether it be a lifted of gods and thieves, whether it be force, um, all that stuff. Um, I always want to do something different and something that challenges not only me, but the creative team as a whole. So I'm, I'm excited about Ignition, man. And not only that, but like being able to see a character like Jamel Reed and and like try to make people understand. And, you know, like I know because we be on Twitter all the time, how poorly black women get treated on Twitter. Mm, yeah. And so and like that's just Twitter. But like as far as society goes that's a whole other beast. And I, you know, and like in the first issue, we kind of, we kind of tackled that a little bit, you know, because like, that is something that's very, that's, that's something very large to handle. That's something that like a comic book can't contain, but we kind of touch on that a little bit. But like, so when Jamel goes through her hard times, you know, like, you know, you see all this stuff going on in the news, you know, there may be this one reporter that stands up for, her, but everybody else is like, nah, she trash. She got to go, you know, and you know it's good she lost everything you know what i mean so like but they don't understand the ramifications of saying shit like that so um so yeah man i'm excited about this julian that's what's up because uh could it be that uh our undying love for uh fast and furious help help inspire some of some of the stuff in this comic you know that comic i think really did a lot with like I don't think we, we know a lot of us give it credit for like being diverse or stuff, but mm-hmm. what, what a lot, what I think a lot of things unsaid is that like how Fast and Furious changed the dynamic of what a car focused movie was about. Cause it's like for a while, if it was about cars, it was about a white dude. Yes. It was about a white dude. It was about a white dude versus like, being a rebel of society or something or some type of like or even you can even take it to like motorcycles too things like with well, easy rider some type of rebellion against society and then falling mm-hmm. off, and then falling off from those like those morals into like the stickiness of what reality is and you know that's cool to know that's great and you know we love it you even love things like the generally even though we black you know what i'm saying we just didn't even know and or care it's like them them Duke boys was was what was up like we understood yeah. them, yeah. But you know you get to Fast and Furious and it's like, you know what I'm saying you, you see Vin Diesel you, everybody can claim Vin Diesel, yes. white folks, Italians, every Latin person on the on the globe, black people like oh yeah like oh that's our guy. And then you know you keep on going, and then you get to two and then you got Tyrese in there and you got Ludacris and it keeps on going and it just kind of changes like it changed that it also changed the fact it's like oh yeah ladies be driving too you know what i'm saying they with it like y- yes michelle rodriguez is like oh yeah she's nice on the with, the with the wheel and the gear shift and she she's nice with it like not that many people's better than her like not people wasn't better than uh devin and yoki and two or like all these type of things where it's like oh okay um did that help you know inspire you just like it's like let's try to 
put some of this in in, in a in a comic. You know? Yes, yes, no, and it did, it did because like f- people don't understand how much Fast and Furious like changed how I viewed not only like you said, like I said, racing like racing films or just like how it just changed cinema. You know what I mean? And like how that also changed comic books for me because like. You know, you saw the first one, you know, when you saw the first one, you're like, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this was cool. This was cool. And but like you like I really it wasn't until like maybe two years after the movie was out and I bought a copy of it that I watched it again. And I was just like, damn, there's a lot of different people up in here. You know what I mean? Like all different types of like ethnicities and like and it was just like, man, it was just mad fucking cool. And then when you get to the second one. Like the shift is even bigger, like you said, with like Luda and all them. It's Miami and shit. They went from yeah. Miami. Right. And like it was this different cultural shift. And I was just like, damn, this shit is really fucking cool. Why don't we have comics that reflect shit like this? And so and so that really like kind of woke something up in me, but I didn't know how to like really put that in comics or do that in comics until like maybe like honestly, probably like twenty, let's say twenty fourteen. I was like, okay the seed really started to get planted then. And like a lot of it's from all these fast and furious movies, you know what I mean? And like, so it was like fast and furious and the transporter, those two, like those two franchises, like really, really like, like for me, like influenced, like my, um, desire to make ignition. Yeah, man. Yo, they kind of messed the transporter up when they went to that prequel bullshit. Yeah, man, fuck with that. That that don't even exist for me. I know what's out there, but I, I no, I don't, I don't acknowledge it. <laughs> I don't acknowledge it. I'm just like, I know it's there, but I ain't got to watch it. It's like, why is he doing it? Like, what is what is going on? You know, what I'm saying like, what he, Jason Statham is perfectly fine. You know, what I'm saying like, we don't yeah. need to see a prequel of how he got here. Like, like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? It was weird because like they did a prequel and they also did a TV series. Oh yeah, I didn't even watch the Transporter TV series. You know, like, and because the here's the thing, man, like, not everything, not every film needs a TV series. Like, Taken, which I've slowly been watching over, like, the last couple of years, the, the Taken TV show was mad good. It, it was survived. mad good. It should have. It was hard. should have, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. I think it, it was too. It was too hard. It was too hard for people. It was too real. It was Bro, too, it was too he's real. Body, he's bodying people. He's the, killing people. The body counts per episode was high for network television, and I was just like, "How is this possible?" Jennifer Beals was out here looking too good. She don't get enough. She don't get enough shine for her being her age that she is, and mm-hmm. her still looking the same. Yes, since the L word first came on Showtime in like what two thousand or nineteen ninety nine, she ain't aged yeah. one bit. Hell, she ain't aged nope. the devil of the blue dress. To be quite honest, no, no doubt, man. Every time she came on screen, like Irene Cara's "What a Feeling." Just popped in my head, man, every single time. Like, how long she been in the in the in the eye, like out there, like since this flash dance. It's so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She been out there for a minute. And so, um, so yeah, man. But like like I just yeah, just I don't I didn't I didn't understand like the need for this T V series for the transporter or that prequel. I'm like, the movies are what they are. And like and with the transporter films, like just like with Fast and Furious, every single Fast and Furious movie, the stakes get raised. Every single the original transporter films with Statham, every single movie the stakes get raised, and they do more and more ridiculous stuff. Which you know you could consider it called superhero stuff. Hell, in the next Fast and Furious movie that's coming out, Vin Diesel 
takes his car, wraps a chain around it somehow, and Batman swings across a cliff. Yeah, he yeah he not he hits the Nas to catch onto a, a, a like a, a, like a little what's about rope or chain or something to mm-hmm. wrap around his fucking wheel axle so he can <laughs> drive out far enough so he can whip himself around to I guess get on to the other side of the, where the rope bridge was that was destroyed. I'm like, like wow, like why like y'all thought this up and it's like y'all really making this possible like. Of course he could do this, you know what I'm saying? Like he's Dominic Toretto. He in the, Yeah. He know what he's doing, you know, like also there's a scene in that trailer where he catches a car. Yes. Yes. And I had to watch that show like eight times. I was like, yo, we really out here catching cars now. <laughs> we really yeah. that blessed with Fast and Furious. Yeah. And we taking it to this level mm-hmm. with John Cena, who you can't see, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sixteen time world champion, heavyweight world champion, was it five-time United States champion, four-time mm-hmm. world tag team champion, two-time world rubber <laughs> I like to say this, like, you know what I'm saying, one-time money to make with a, like, that's yeah. who Dominic Toretto's facing this time. Yeah, yeah. Now you got to deal with, you know what I'm saying, the 2000s wrestling Superman. You know, you, yeah. you beat The Rock, you know. The Rock, you, you folded The Rock into your, to your family or whatever beef y'all have in real life, whatever, he's in it. Uh-huh. Now you gotta deal with John Cena. What what you know what's crazy <laughs> what was crazy about this whole thing with that supposed beef that him and that Rock and Vin Diesel have? Yeah, I think that should be like, like what you say you think it's a work. I think it was a work. <laughs> <laughs> I watch too much wrestling, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah, yeah. this shit ain't real. They build a hype. Well what what kills me is this. What what kills me is this is that like if you watch like um what was it? Uh the eighth Fast and Furious movie. You never see Vin Diesel and The Rock on screen together at the same time. Nope. Kind of like in Heat, when you never saw, technically never saw De Niro and Pacino on screen at the same time. Yeah. Okay? So I was just like, maybe they're doing this to play up. Like, Because I was like, maybe they're doing this to play up the beef. I don't know. Or maybe the beef is real. So then, because like, you know, back in the day, you know, supposedly Cena and Rock had beef. You know, mm-hmm. because Cena was talking out of the side of his mouth about how, like, maybe Rock isn't dedicated to wrestling like I am and, like, he's out there doing movies. You know, Rock is like, why are you talking about me for? I'm just in the next phase of my life. I love wrestling, but I'm in the next phase of my life. You see this money I'm getting? You could get this money, too, if you didn't make terrible movies. And um, and then, like, Cena finally got it. You know what I mean? Like, he finally understands. He's like, I can't wrestle my entire life. And I'm actually kind of funny. Or in entertaining on camera, you know, outside of wrestling. So maybe I should do these movies. So then, you know, supposedly Rock and Cena squashed the beef. Once if that beef was real. And then, like, uh, it was like two a year or two ago, where like the Rock was on Twitter and he cut this like video and he made an announcement that like his production company um, was do uh, you know is producing like a spy movie, and uh, it's based off of, I forget what novels, but um. He said he's producing a spy movie, and John Cena is going to be the star of star of yeah, it. Yeah, right? I remember that. Yeah, and he was like, "If you fuck this up, I'm gonna beat your ass." <laughs> but um, but like um, but like, so I'm like, oh, okay, so they must be cool because they're doing a movie together. You know, they're doing a movie that like Rock is producing. And then you fast forward the next year, and it's like John Cena is now on Fast and Furious, and like I'm like internal, I'm like, did Don, did did uh 
the Vin Diesel think that was going to be a shot at The Rock because, like, Cena and The Rock are cool. So you're right. It probably was all staged. <laughs> I still think, you know, I got people who you know, tell, tell me all these things. It's like, you know, The Rock did this and then Vin did this. And I'm like, I'm like, I hate what y'all saying. And some of that might be true. But in the end, I think they sat out in the room. And he was like, yo, this is what we can do. And this is what I know from this, uh, from my old job. <laughs> and then we can, mm-hmm. we can really make this really popping. Yeah. And so we gonna have an argument right on the set, and then see, you know, we ain't gonna tell nobody what's really fake. So that's why Tyrese can get all in his feelings. And <laughs> 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 so it's like there's ramifications of this, and it's, it's like it is this whatever this this a disagreement on 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 things, and it. You know, it is what it is. And then we still got Hobbs and Shaw, which is fire. Mm-hmm. And we still got more Fast and Furious movies. And then we're going to get a ladies' Fast and Furious movie with all yeah. the women, which is like, Giselle is coming back, y'all. Don't get it twisted. You didn't see her body. She fell into darkness. Yes. Just because she made Wonder Woman don't mean she dead. Mm-hmm. She, she, need, she need more than one franchise. She got a baby now. She's going to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're going to get this real tight woman joint. We're going to get some more Hobbs and Shaw. Man. And I still think in the end, they'll be able to reboot the Fast and the Furious with Baby Bryant. Yeah. And then, then we'll have Grant. Then we'll have Old Man Dom. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it never it never ends. It's never it, going to end, bro. It's never, it's never, it's never end. And, like, I love it. I love it because it is the multicultural franchise that should not exist and thrive, and it has. And I love it. And the fact that, like, no one has been able to copy the formula and win, and win with it. Come on, man. Remember that Need for Speed movie dropped. Oh, my goodness. I, that made me tight. <laughs> that made me tight. Because what made me tight about it was that, like, Need for Speed Underground hit. Yes. At a time when like Too Fast Too Furious was out, EA was really in their bag with using rap music in all their games. Because mm-hmm. the Need for Speed Underground, people who don't understand, that was the first mainstream use of TI for the country. Like you first turn on that game, the first thing you hear is twenty fours, and you're mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck?" Who is this dude? This shit bang. And that shit was the first game with drifting in it, which only motherfuckers who was really on the internet watching random videos of Japanese folks with the with the with the lancers and all that whipping around them cliffs. You be like, oh man, they crazy out there. Mm-hmm. You had to be yes. reading the magazines. You had to be on like some random car culture shit. Be like, yo, look at this shit. Before YouTube, like, yo, look at this shit. <laughs> and then he like, yo, I would never do that. I'll be scared we're going to fall off and die. I like, I know, right? They got to be nice. And then you get into your bag. You find out about Initial D. You be like, yo, they got a whole anime about this shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, then you get Tokyo Drift. It's like, yo, they made a movie that's just like Need for Speed Underground. Got to go see this shit. Then you wait so much longer. And you finally get the freaking Need for Speed movie. Well, my man from Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, and it's mm-hmm. just like, 
you know, this is garbage. You know, all you had to make was most wanted. <laughs> you know, everybody just care about the main need for speed is, yo, you driving, and then the cop is coming after you. And you make two stories where they combine together. They start yeah. out apart, and then you make a joint where, like, the street the street racing dude and the cop in the super fast car got to come together to stop a big bad guy. That's yep. it. That is not what we got. I was tight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Whew. Yeah, because like, wasn't Kid Kid Cudi in a uh, Need for Speed? Yes, yes he was. goddammit. it! Oh, I was. I was so hurt. I was so hurt. I was so hurt. They were able just... to bring back Death Race, but these motherfuckers was fucking up on goddamn Need for Speed. It was <sighs> simple. Yeah, yeah. I did like. I did like Death Race with Jason Statham though. Yo, it was. It was a good remake. Yes, it was. It was a very <laughs> good remake. It was very good. It was very good. Not only that. It quietly had the homie Ian McShane in it too. Yep. That's my dude. That's my dude. Like, like, um, I'll let your audience know this right now. Um, because, you know, my life, I stay busy. So a lot of times I don't get to watch things or read things when the things come out. And sometimes because of my personality, I don't allow myself things, which is bad, and I'm trying to break myself of that. Um, you know, I finally watched John Wick last year. Oh, the first one? Yes, yes, yes. Last year I finally watched it. And that movie is incredible. But what I love about the first movie is that Ian McShane is one of the coolest motherfuckers on the face of the planet. He's that is so, true. He is so fucking cool. And it's got the one brother from like all the movies I done seen. Now I can't remember the brother's name, but like he's like in, in charge of the concierge or whatever. Yeah. And that and that brother is mad cool. Reddick. Yeah, he's his last Reddick. name is Reddick. He's great. I remember yeah. like he was in the he was in the um O three Bonnie Clyde video. Mm. And that was peak that was peak when why only black people watched it. Yes. Only people who only black people watched the wire, so you watched the O three Bonnie and Clyde, you be like, Oh, they got my man from the wire in this thing. <laughs> 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 you like, oh Yeah, but yo, so it was just so no, but like no, but like John Wick was mad cool. So now I need to go watch the second one. I just need to just go ahead and just buy the whole trilogy. Holler me when you get to three. Okay. Because three okay. was the only like most like a lot of people. They do love John Wick, right? It took yeah. me some years to get into John Wick. Okay. Like, I'm I'm a little elitist, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is this is like, this is like, what do they say? This is your king, like. Yeah, like y'all have now seen the raid yet? Like, this is this is this is what y'all. And but you get to three though, three is like, oh okay, y'all made this for people like me, <laughs> who, who been faking on you for the last two movies. It's like, oh you, oh you really stepped in. Like, oh now you talking my language? Like, it's like we can go cool Piccolo, take the clothes off and the weights and the hit and they break the ground. Like, oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. See now yeah now you now you impressing me. You know what I'm saying? Now. Man, okay. you really doing some things. I was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, people like, yo, John Wick, John Wick, blah, 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 can't be just like, John Wick can take it. I was like, for real, like, not from what I seen, like, he ain't, like, he ain't messing like my man in the raid. He ain't had to fight like a whole jail of dudes in the mud. Like, yeah, he yeah. had to fight, he ain't had to fight the Batman and Hammer Girl in the train. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, you know, it's not like when you watch Umbach 2 and my man had to fight all the styles, like, Oh, he had to fight the bird. The evil bird who came out the tree and just knocked him out. You get it in the movie. He's like, ah, it took like three years to get Umbach 3. you like, yo. So I'm like, okay. So, yeah, yeah. John Wick is nice. Yeah, I love Keanu. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I still would I really want as this became like kind of a Fast and Furious like fan cast. Yeah. Uh what I want is in the last movie of Fast and Furious, the, the ten, right? I want I want them to face Keanu Reeves. I do too. I want the Keanu like I'll kinda want like I got super dreams because I kinda want them to like run into like uh the Duke boys like in the south or somehow just like have a beer or something just like oh mm-hmm. shit, it's a call that's the Duke I want them to, to my man from Baywatch to be randomly in Germany or something they run into him and like and his night rider you know night rider there and he just Alexa be sounding like uh Mr. Feeney and shit just 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 do it for me just do it for the people yes for the yes. for the car for the car people and then I want like my friend uh Shireen or uh who I do a podcast with she brings up that Clive Owen need to come back, come in as the oldest Shaw, the oldest Shaw child. Yo, because he was the original yes. driver, and I was like, yes, yo, that's yes. a good addition. That that should happen. <sighs> you know, really wrap up the meta text. But I like, yo, if it's Keanu Reeves is the big bad, John Wick had that badass car, right? Yes. And the first Fast and the Furious movie ain't nothing but Point Break, but better. Right. So it's just like, yo, they gotta fight the original dude, like. They gotta fight the original. Like that's the, the like, they've already fought Furiosa, and I like a whole Furiosa just lasted it in. Like, and that's yeah. what I like too. It's like you brought Charlize Theron, and people are like, oh, Charlize, like no, like, like yo, she they fighting a Mad Max person. Like that's amazing. Like it's still car yeah. movie shit. <laughs> it's like it's still car movies. Like it's mm. still car movies. It's like, damn, like you keeping it this thorough. So yeah, yeah, like I want. Yeah, I want I want Keanu and Fast and Furious for the people. Yeah, man. You know, like, man, we, you know, we gotta stop giving is a, this. I hope he is. You know, <laughs> we gotta stop giving this away for free. Uh, you know what, yo? I just if he hears this and he does it, I just wanna, yo, just give me a Facebook message, bro. Like, I'll be straight. I wouldn't even share yeah. that shit. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, I'm like, yo, good looking out, bro. Like. For real, this is for the people. This is for Fast and Furious. That's it. It's like I'll be, I'll be straight. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to see this shit in the movie, bro. Like I feel you. Like, I, I feel you. I would, I would love to see that too. Like, never mind the fact that in this latest Fast and Furious movie, like I said, when we got Vin Diesel taking his car and Batman in it across across a cliff, like John Cena takes his car off a cliff and Charlize Theron super jet comes has a magnetic pull and is able to pull the jet pull the car out from the sky into the plane like some gi joe yeah that's like some shit you would see in the in the second phase of gi joe you know when they changed the cartoon up when they got when they went from uh from sumbo to uh to deke to you deke, know yes. what i'm saying and, yes. the, and the, all the planes you get like you got like the white the white cobra plane the split in the two it was like one of like the stealth bomber one was like I don't know, a plane that shouldn't even work. But mm-hmm. it was like that type of shit. I was like, oh, or also them space, them space uh toys where where the, the, the dudes had magnets on their feet. And, yes. And, and, the, and the little spaceships could like lock together. It was Star like Com. that. Starcom. Star it was it was some Starcom shit. If see that Sean, motherfuckers don't be seeing these little things. They be like, nope. Like I like I would meet Justin and was like, yo, we like, yo, you put the Starcom shit in here? And I know if I said that shit, he would be like he probably just like, yeah. Ever like, oh, <laughs> you don't even, these motherfuckers don't even know about Starcom, bro. Oh, they don't. Oh, they don't. <laughs> Starcom had one of the greatest animated openings. The like the opening credit sequence for Starcom. It was like, here's the entire budget. Some some of the basically that was full anime. 
Yep. We was always wanting that show to be like the intro. Yes. And you didn't know what the hell anime was. Nope. But you knew that shit was different. See, Thundercats yeah. still look kind of American. It's like you yeah. had to get older and those like, oh, they got too many frames of animation. Like, they really going hard. But mm-hmm. that Starcom shit was like, when you finally saw Robotech, you was like, oh, that's the same shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, this shit is from, oh, this shit is from Japan. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. And the, that's the thing. The cartoon was whack. The intro was dope. And the toys were so dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, toy, the toys were fire. The toys were absolute fire like i remember i had two starcom toys because like it was hard they were hard to find they were hard to find in ohio expensive. where i live it was hard everywhere man they made that joint was like a limited release drop before that shit happened because you just couldn't even find them joints it's like yeah man you can stick the dudes on the refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> you know how ill they, that changes play up like yes yo they go walk on the refrigerator dog <laughs> be like get out of the kitchen Quit playing in the kitchen. <laughs> Yo, Starcom and the Sky Raiders is like the most annoying shit for parents. It's like you oh. got stuff sticking all over the refrigerator and you got ropes all over the house. Yeah. What so are you it was, doing? It was it was it was uh Starcom, Air Raiders, and Sky Commanders. Sky Sky Commanders, uh, Sky Commanders had like the dope theme song, and they had the dude with the robo voice say "Sky Commanders" across it. Like, I mean, I would get so, I would get so hyped, and like, the Sky Commanders was like a Ruby Spears joint too. This was like toward the yeah. end of the Ruby Spears era. Like, people don't understand, man. Like, the '80s slash '90s toy game slash cartoon tie-in game. That shit was so on point. It was fertile. It was fertile for so much that I still don't understand. Like when when people were like yo we gotta find this we gotta do this I don't know how we gonna compete with Marvel I'm like, bruh, there's a, so many rights out there that you would get people to try this, that you would get people to try this shit if you just put the right people on it to make a good script. Mm-hmm. It don't even gotta be a great script. It's a good script and like a hungry ass director. Yeah. Yo, you can have your new franchise. That's right. Like. Like I still don't know why why Hasbro is slacking on freaking mask. Yeah. That shit is Fast and the Furious. It's Fast and the Furious like nine, but in like nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it has a Jeep that shoots out a fucking speedboat. Yes. Do you know how <laughs> lit that shit would be if you saw that shit happen in a movie? Yeah. Yeah, man. It has a motorcycle that turns into a helicopter. Yes. Yo, it's got a Camaro that turns into a jet. jet. And it had the corresponding bad guy joint was like what a uh It was a helicopter, a nice ass helicopter that turned into a pl- like a plane or something. Yeah, but it also had like a black it was like a black car that turned into like a flying car too. Yeah, that because one was called was, Raven cuz I had that joint. Yo, what? And you had the freaking truck that had the freaking missile joint to come out the top and you had a Mack truck that become like it was it like Bro, like, the Hasbro Cinematic Universe should be mad easy to do. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know why they splitting this shit up. Like, I don't need a separate G.I. Joe movie from Transformers and Mask. You need to just put all this shit together. Yeah. Like a, like, like a pizza lasagna or some shit. Like, <laughs> like what is going, like, bro, like, yeah, you have the Transformers crash and then you keep them a secret. Like the Bumblebee shit, and they just going mm-hmm. around. But you know what I'm saying? Cobra's out here, bruh. Yes. Cobra's out here. Maybe they find some of them 
them tapes and they be like, oh, look at this technology we can use. Then you even, mm -hmm. I would even bring in that Cobra Lost shit because I don't care what nobody say. That Cobra Lost shit was dope. Listen, as as a child, <laughs> I did not I did not like it, but as an adult, over like over like the last twenty years, Cobra Lie Cobra Lie is dope. They had the call, bro. That was some gang shit. Yes, like, it was. I was like, yo. First of all, now people be like, yo, that's kind of suspect. You kind of make them like evil, like Middle Eastern terrorists. But a, they were snake people and they lived underground and right. nobody know this shit. And GI Joe was always propaganda. But, oh, oh, massive propaganda, <laughs> massive. But massive first of propaganda. all, Nemesis Enforcer. That's the dopest, one of the dopest action figure names of all time. Bro, Nemesis Enforcer come and and what was the chick name with the like the poison nails? Yeah. And then you got fucking Cobra Commander turn the back into a snake. Mm-hmm. And he stuck with Roadblock and Roadblock losing his vision. And yeah, this man. motherfucker just talking about. I was once a man. I was like, nigga, <laughs> watching that shit like on TV, like this shit is lit. Like I said, I even as a kid, I was like, I have no idea why this isn't in the theater. Oh, like the yeah. Transformers movie is fire. Yeah, but yo, the GI Joe movies just because first of all, the intro is way more flames. Oh yeah, the intro, like, the intro, the intro like you catch me on the wrong day, that shit might make me break down in tears because that's how lit that shit is. Yo, that like, shit I, makes you believe in America, Sean. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, yes, it does. That shit will wipe away all your political leanings as a person, and you be like, "Nah, man, America over everything." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, literally, in all, in, all, in all sincerity, that opening for the GI Joe animated movie—that is the original America. Fuck yeah. Yo, first of all, it had a it had a Cobra part to the theme song that we never heard before. Correct. It was like, well, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Cobra got theme music. Yes, I was. Oh, you was. I was already fucking with them because Cobra Commander has one of the illest looks of all time. Yes, he does. And people don't even people don't talk about they don't talk about the desire aspect of both versions of Cobra Commander. Like I'm the leader of the terrorist organization with the hood over my head with the Cobra symbol of my eyes and shit in the mm -hmm. suit, and then like the mirror face mask helmet. I'm actually going out to fight Cobra Commander. That, yo, the Marvel folks that came up with that shit, they deserve, like, all-time great achievement awards for, for G like, Larry Hama deserves some shit just for G.I. Joe. Yeah, yes. man. Like, literally, has has He deserved the Medal of Freedom or some shit. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> Hasbro, and Marvel, Hasbro and Marvel should cut him, like, lifetime checks, man. Well, you know Marvel ain't doing shit, but maybe oh, Hasbro no. will. Hasbro, Hasbro will. They might like, already have. You, we don't even know. It's Hasbro don't have know. to talk. But, like, like talk. If I was president, Sean, I'm giving him mm -hmm. the Medal of Freedom. <laughs> this <laughs> had to be 10 years worth of people who signed up for the military because of that goddamn show. Yeah, man. Like, listen, like, people don't understand. Like, people do not understand how the 80s G.I. Joe, like, because people thought, like, a lot, like, I knew, I knew when I was a kid, I thought this is brand new. And I remember my dad was like, no, G.I. Joe has been around forever. It's just that now it's just different. And I was like, oh. And I remember watching it. Like, I was like, man, this is really cool. You got all branches of the military together and they doing stuff. My dad served in the Air Force. And like um, I was like, and like as a kid, I was like, man, I, I think I want to join the military. And my dad was like, whoa, I, my yeah, my dad was like, I, my dad was like, first off, son, that's not real. Second off, I served so you so you don't have to. And three, I don't ever want to hear you say that ever again. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> like that shit was a that shit was hella effective. Like, mm -hmm. and in the end, 
Hasbro probably, you know, took some money from, you know, the military, whatever, to do whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But their main goal was just to sell toys. Like, all yeah. this extra periodic shit was the byproduct of, like, yo, for real talk, we just want kids to bug their parents so much that they'll go buy these $2.50 figures every yeah, time they in the store. Because going back earlier to our conversation, you know what was always in pharmacies, though? It's regular-ass G.I. Joes. Yep. No vehicles, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Just, it could be the same five Bamas all the time. You'd be like, damn, I already got Grunt, though. <laughs> I got Flash. You know what I'm saying? I got, got Gung Ho. They always got Gung Ho. <laughs> yeah. Like, man. you know what I'm saying? That was a, the first hard to get was Snake Eyes. He like two different versions. You'd be like, well, shit, I can't get either Snake Eyes. Mm-mm. Crazy Visor Snake Eyes or like Sunglasses Snake Eyes. Like, I can't get yeah. either one of them joints. <laughs> and Duke. I- why was Duke so hard to get? Yo, I, man, I man, me and me and my mom, we had to go search to get Duke. And when I finally got Duke, like it was funny. I remember I got it, and my mom was like, "You gonna take it out of the package?" And I was a kid. I was just like, "Mom, I was like, I'm, I can't believe we got it." And I literally just had it in my room for like two days. I was just looking at it, and I was like. I don't believe I got this. And she was like, "Boy, if you don't take that out the package and play with it," I was like, "Okay, okay, yeah." That's I know he's, he's like he's like it was way hard to get Duke, and clearly yeah. they they learned their lesson because it wasn't that hard to get Optimus Prime. No, it's like no. yo, he's the main guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? Like I can't get any of the main people. Like I can't get Flint. I can't get Lady J. I can't get Scarlet. <laughs> I can't get Snake Eyes. I can't get Duke. I can't get Cobra Commander. I can't get Destro. I can't get Baroness. I can't get Major Blood. I can't I... get none of the twins. Yep. I ain't never seen the twins in my real life to this day. Damn. But you could always get Dusty. Outback, uh, <laughs> you, can, you can always get toy. You can always get like, not, not, I don't want to call them janky jokes because I loved all the jokes. But they ain't but get no like, TV time. Like you can't even get shipwreck. No. Shipwreck was mad hard to find. He, didn't he come with the bird? Like he yes. was hard as shit to find. I didn't. Even, I, I had never, I've never seen him in a package. Even when I went to San Diego, all them times to see like they put the little wall up. But like I was like, I still ain't seen shipwreck. <laughs> I didn't even but know no. he was Puerto Rican until I was a grown ass man. I was like, oh, he Puerto Rican. Yeah. Yep. Well, shit, look at that. Look at that yep. inclusion. Look at that inclusion. <laughs> Here, Puerto Rican in the Navy, nigga. Like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> Y'all had a Korean man out there in bare feet kicking niggas in the chest, though. Yeah. And a Native American man fighting a ninja. Man. Like, ninja. <laughs> man. Like, just like, like, like just going back and looking at some of this stuff now, man. I'm like, there's no way this could be on TV. Nah. <laughs> Motherfuckers are soft now. Like, we supposed to be better, but it's like also we well soft now. Like, like come on, like yo, things might be kind of terrible, but I also like I also gave mad respect for Native Americans because they was in, like yo Native Americans are actually pretty cool. They regular looking two people, and they're not like they were in the, in, the, in the cowboy movies, and they can fight ninjas. And nineteen eighty from eighty three to like ninety, could nothing be the ninja, but you be like. Oh. Yo, a Native American, yo. Yep. Yo, they nice though. Yeah, spirit Don't sleep. <laughs> spirit, spirit can take care of uh, a storm shadow. Yeah. Like, well, it just what killed me was was that like his name was Spirit. His real name was Charlie Iron Knife, and his eagle was called Freedom. Bruh, bruh. Just put him in a movie is is Charlie Iron Knife. Oh, get an actual more correct 
name from the actual indigenous Americans. Yes. Keep his name is Charles, but keep his bird as freedom because that shit is hard. Just play yes, him in the movie for the people. Just like, oh, that spirit though. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would like people talk about like, oh man, Storm Shadow Stick. I was like, I don't want to see them fight. Them niggas ain't fighting the cartoon. Nope. I know they fight in the comic book, but I, I ain't read the comic book. I ain't seen the comic book. Yo, I want the Native American dude to be like, yo, Japanese dude, you all fucked up for being with them terrorists. You should know better. Mm-hmm. And me and my bird gonna whoop that ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I want. Yo, I want yeah. just 10 minutes of that. Yeah. Like, why is this movie so hard to make? I don't know, man. And with, see. With, mask, with mask coming on, like, you bucket up in like three different movies, like each year is a different one, and you got mask coming off, like, the inner G.I. Joe, and you got Venom over here, be like, but what's yeah. Venom? How? Yeah, Venom, you can make Venom a spinoff of Cobra. Like, do they all. connect to Cobra? Are they competing? Are they from another area? Do they go, the, uh, hey, what was the uh, the Australian uh, mercenaries at oh, Cobra? Oh, um, the uh, the Dreadnoughts? The Dreadnoughts. I have them, like, connected to, like, the Dreadnoughts or something. Like, what? Is this, is this like, is this, like, some real, like, a competing terrorist organization? It's like, oh, man. Then you have Mobile Superman coming in, like what? Mobile Superman coming in, say, like, yeah, mm-hmm. we face these guys up in South America on the roads, stealing <laughs> oil and resources. And like, wow. oh shit! Like, does your Jeep turn into a boat? Like, yes, it does. Damn, <laughs> how did you get this technology? Have like a a random transformer stuck in like a lab somewhere? Like, mm-hmm. what? It all connects back to the fucking Bumblebee movie. Like, <laughs> this man, like. Y'all niggas is lazy. Yes, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, just, just make the movies and sell the toys, goddammit. Right. I just <laughs> see, see, Julian, this is why when we text every time, I'm like, why can't we get in the room? Bruh. Just I get too just, hype. I'm like, this is all you guys need to do. That's all you gotta do. Like, it's easy. It writes itself. It writes itself. You got all this history. You got all this history that's easily be able to be put together. It ain't hard. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's mad easy. It's, it's mad easy. easy, you know. But like, <sighs> damn. Real quick, uh, we're gonna get back to that. But there's one thing about ignition that, like, I want people to know. Um, like this project, this comic book project, this represents my first project, like my first comic book project. That is like not Action Lab affiliated, and what I mean by that is, is that you know I hope that like this 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 book um, ends up in the direct market somewhere, and then gets a trade, you know, blah blah blah, like um and whatnot, um and like you know I'll still be doing stuff with Action Lab, another cash and carry book, you know, probably do a Kickstarter for that later this year. Um, I gotta find ways to get lifted or Gods and Thieves to sell to sell and force to still sell, but like um. As of February first, um, my time with Action Lab is over. I um, I stepped away from the company um, for a second time, and it's no offense to anybody at the company. We've already talked about it. Um, I just went through like a lot of changes in my life, and the last two years for me was tough. Um, not only from like a mental standpoint, but from a physical standpoint, and also from a family standpoint. Like you know, me and my f- fiance have lost a lot of family members over the last two years, lots. And that shit hurt. And trying to work through the pain while also working a nine to five, while also working for Action Lab, while also working on my own creative endeavors, while also doing freelance for Capstone, 
And the freelance for Capstone has been amazing because um, I just came to the realization um, last week that the books that I've been working on for Capstone, I'm doing that without an agent. And I had somebody pull me to the side and was like, do you know how difficult it is to get work through Capstone without an agent? And I said, well, yeah, I, I do now. You know, and the only reason I got got a gig years ago with Capstone is because I put my name in a database uh, that pretty uh, pretty Shabir did. And they saw my name because Capstone was like, we need more black people. We need more people of color writing these books. We need to be more inclusive. And I did a good enough job. They was like, hey, come on back and do this. Come on back and do this. You want to do this one, too? You want to do this one, too? And so now I'm an author now, too. And. You know, and then also I need to have a life myself, you know, like I just can't be in the house all the time. I want to go outside, you know, I want to I want to take my fiance out to go get some wine. You know what I mean? Like I want to go on a vacation. Convention's not a vacation, y'all. I need to make that clear to all my creative friends. A convention is not a vacation. No, it's not. It's not. It's work. Now, after the convention is over with, if you want to stay in that town for a few days and parlay, okay, fine. But is that really a vacation? Because you had to start off working. And there are all these factors that come around. And I was just like, something got to go. I was like, something has to leave. Like, And I was like, I think we can leave Action Lab behind. And it's not like, you know, it's a bad thing. It's just that, like, with everything I handle... Between myself personally, I got to get myself personally back together because my life was falling apart. You know, I got to take care of my family because like there's family stuff going on over here. And then there's my life. And then there's my, you know, my relationship with my fiance. We just lost our dog, you know, to cancer. And so there are like all these things. And I was just like, I have to let something go because like these next two years professionally, this this these next two years 2020 2021 are crucial because like i feel that i'm almost there and these are going to this year and next year these are going to be the two years that literally legitimately make or break me either it's going to happen or it's not and i can go back and look at like my slate of work since 2015 and I've put in massive work. And I especially like in 20, like 2018 or 2019, I look at all the stuff that came out oh, since 2018. And I'm like, how the fuck was I able to do all this while doing all of that? I'm like, that's not humanly possible. That's not really healthy. So I talk about balance a lot. And I got to get that balance back. So something had to go. And Action Lab had to go. And so now here I am with Ignition. And, you know, working with Jenna, working with Kelly, you know, doing a story that, you know, that like I've never done before, that Jenna's never done before, that Kelly's never done before. We got this Kickstarter trying to raise this money, trying to get awareness for it. And and so I just I want this to work. I want this to work because this is the next phase. Like, I'm not just a comic book creator anymore. I'm an author, too. And you pointed that out to me. Julian, you're the one that pointed that out to me. You was like, yo, change your bio. You've written these books for Capstone. You've done prose. You've done children's books. You're an author now, too. 
And that didn't click until you told me that shit. And so, like, these are all changes for the better, uh, for the better for me and for the betterment of myself and my family. Because, like, like, I can't keep going like I'm 25 years old. I'm 44. And this is this is either going to happen or it's not going to happen. And if it's in regardless of whether it does or doesn't, I need to know I can do this without this other stuff around me. You know, my family comes first before anything. And I'm always going to take care of them. But like I can't hand, I can't juggle all this stuff and like and like watch myself fall apart again just to get to where I need to be. There has to be a space to where I can heal. So I had to let Action Lab go. But please support the Ignition Kickstarter. Um, like this project means a lot to me. Um, you know, you can you can get to it um, by if you type like T H E the Ignition Comic dot com. That shoots you straight to the Kickstarter. Um, that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm working on. working on the uh, you know the quick direct to do that. Um, or you can go to Kickstarter, type my name S H A W N P R Y O R, and you can get to it that way. I don't think five thousand five hundred dollars is a out of you know like an out of range goal i should we should be able to hit that um but like um you know i don't know what my future in comics is going to be i really don't like they talk about breaking in and i'm like i've been in i've been in both sides of the game as a as a, as a publisher um as a executive as a creative I've, I've I've been on all sides of the spectrum and learned so much about the game on the inside and out, and I'm still invisible. I look at the numbers, I see the numbers. I'm still invisible. I'm still invisible to my own peers that look like me. They'll see me at a show and be like, "Yo, glad to see you here," but I don't know if that's real or not. Mm-hmm. And you know, and no disrespect. And no disrespect, it's like, like I, and this is somebody, and and Julian, you've known, man, you've known me for over a decade plus. I've always been the kind of person that's like just very open, very honest, um, very friendly. But if you come at me sideways, it's over. Um, but like I've always been like just very, very open and just mad cool. Like you know, it's just you know, I, I treat people how I want to be treated. But I never I've never really felt that I have gotten that kind of respect back, you know, and I don't know whether I'm perceived as a threat or if, you know, or if I'm too loud or if I'm too quiet, you know, like people will see, like I said, people see you at shows, be like, glad to see you here, see you see, still see you doing things, but you're never brought up in the conversation. You know what I mean? And I really don't know how I feel about that anymore. You know? So it's like, what else can I do? What else can I do in comics to prove to people? It's just that, yo, you know I can do this, right? You know? Y'all know I can write, right? Just because you see me you know, team up with somebody doesn't mean I can't write a book. I'm like, y'all do that shit all the time. You know? Let's not get it twisted. Some people get on and get a book. They're like, oh, we'll just put this big name with you, but you're writing the book so we can try to sell it so we can get you on. Um, 
So I really don't know how I feel about the comics game right now because I really don't feel a part of it. Even even with doing really cool shit like, you know, writing a backup story in T. Franklin's Bingo Love Jackpot Edition, one of the most challenging stories of my life. I've never written a story like that before. Or Mike Norton reaching out to me was like, yo, I want you to write two backup stories for my new Battle Pug series at Image. I got two Image books under my belt now. And it still means nothing. I love those books. I love being a part of them. Got to write stuff I never thought I'd be able to write before. I had fun with that stuff. And it still doesn't mean anything to most people. It means a lot to me. Doesn't really mean much to editors out there that see me or don't see me. So I really don't know how to feel about comics anymore. But I do know that I do love making them. I love writing them. And um, I love collaborating with them. But like I also see where the other side of the game where my stuff I do with Capstone has been fantastic. And checks come in. And books come in. And comp copies come in. I get invited to libraries. I get invited to events. And then they also see the comic stuff I do. And they're like, oh, this is really cool. Let me get my library to order this. So that's been a better gateway to get my comic scene than the actual comics gateway itself. Well, so that's what it seems like you, that's what works, right? Like even yeah. the black people, they they put on certain books. Like they ain't putting people who write comics for a living. Like not to knock Tanahasi Coates, and I know like he tweeted about loving the X Men, but like yo, you were a best-selling author, MacArthur Genius Grant winner, and that's why like. Marvel went to you, and then they asked for, like, other people, and then, like, you get Roxanne Gay, which they kind of fumbled and messed up. Oh, they fumbled. They fucked that up big time. And, like, Eve Ewing. Like, these are very famous, like, high-level intellectual black folks in it, but, like, yeah, what about, like, the people you see at the convention selling books all the time? Like, yeah. Not to knock them that they can't do it, but, like, like, come on, like, like well, yeah, it should it shouldn't be so hard. And like, I told you to to put Arthur in your thing because people you see people online they put Arthur in their stuff they ain't got nothing out. Yeah, man. So yeah, I'm man. like, if all these people out here we got nothing out, putting Arthur in their name, like I gotta tell the people that I know is like, well, you got books out of you that should that clearly should be in your bio. People can yeah. buy your stuff if somebody's talking about all the stuff they gonna do. And able to get buzzed for stuff they gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about doing. You ain't got no proof of concept. Ain't got no execution. And they popping. Then I need my people who actually does some things to talk about it. To at least put it in there. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you was right. And, and you were absolutely. You were absolutely right. And that's why I did that. Real talk. I mean that's why I did it. And, like, and I'm like yeah. You're right. I am an author. I need to believe, I need to believe that. Because the proof is out there. The books are out there. You know, they're in the libraries now. You know, these capstone books I've done for like, you know, the Jake Maddox sports series and the Jake Maddox adventure line. They're in libraries now. You know, the kids sports stories, children's books I've written. Like those are in libraries now. And there are more of them on the way with my name in those books. You know. And I'm doing some other stuff for them that I can't talk about publicly right now. But it's like, yo, like. 
the respect and love I get over there is amazing, you know, and, you know, and like, and even with talking with literary agents now, because I'm trying to pitch something to a literary agent in order to get signed in order to get a graphic novel published at a big book publisher that has a graphic novel division, you know, the literary agents like you've got all these books. Why aren't you signed already? And I've had so many agents say, you know, with with the amount of material that you have, you should, you should be able to find an agent in no time with no problem. Like it's been three years. I've been grinding for like the last three years trying to get a literary, literary agent. And like this year, I'm finally getting traction. But like, you know, you try not to like, you know, in the conversations that I have like this over this like last week, week alone have been have been very positive have been extremely positive and i'm thankful for them and like and so now i feel like i'm starting to get leeway but like those last two those previous two years where people were, agents were like well you know we like these ideas but you know you know maybe this isn't going to work for me but you know you should be able to find an agent in no time and i'm like it don't work like that for us no. you know i just need one person to say yes i'm you know i'm used to hearing no i'm black i hear no all the time and a lot of times, it's not even verbally said. You can see it in the person's eyes. You can see it in that person's facial reactions. You know, you can see it in their body, in their their their, their body chemistry. You know, you can see it. But, you know, that one yes changes everything. And um, and that's why I just need people to understand. Like, I don't say this as a woe is me, as a woe is me type thing. Um, I don't I don't say it. I don't say it as a woe is me type thing, you know, I'm not looking for a pity party. I'm just trying to make people understand that, like, this shit's a long ass game for us. It's, you know, it's seldom if it's ever instant for us, you know, and, you know, and I just want people to realize that, that if you get into this, you know, just be prepared for it. In the beginning, when I started this, like in 2007, from 2007 to 2012, I was not prepared. Because I was, you know, when you're black, you're on your own. Yeah, you got, you know, you got people that you can talk to, but not, but you're not going to get answers. I had to get those answers myself. And now I'm in a, like I said, I'm in a better place. I'm in a better state. I'm finally starting to get those answers now. But I just always wonder for like, for black folks, what would our create creativity look like? if those doors were open to us earlier and for some those doors do get open early but not for a lot it's like that whole erica badu jill scott india ire thing we take one at a time all three of you cannot exist at once we'll take one and i just wonder how much talent did does this country miss because of the fact they ignore us so much during our youth or they see what we do when we're younger and they just and then a white person does it gentrifies it and sells it and well, and you know happening this weekend i don't know if you paid attention to this stuff going around the all-star break yeah with this like 14 year old girl who made this joint on tiktok this dance to this song by k-camp mm-hmm. this k-camp song called lottery she made this dance up and then like some white girls started doing that now these girls got agents and getting on tv shows yeah, again, spotlighted by like the NBA page and all that. It was like, but they didn't make the dance though. No, no, J- Jalea made the dance. Yeah, and like they don't even do it well. No, 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 God, I seen, I saw, I saw what the, what those girls. Oh God, it was terrible. Like y'all don't know what y'all doing. Like Mm-mm. y'all ain't got no rhythm. Mm-mm. None. 
at least at least get the white girls with rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and say actually some of the white girls with rhythm be be secretly like not American white girls. They be like actually like Latin or some shit. Mm-hmm. They just on the more European looking side, the more Spaniard looking side. Then you find out like, oh, that's why you're so good at dancing. Oh, okay, it's it's mm. in your gene pool. Mm. It's in your DNA. Cause them mm. little reg- regular regular white girls be looking stiff. Mm. And that just, just blew me this morning. I was like, for real, this is what's happening. NBA, and, and, you should do better. Well, and that's the whole thing. It's like, yo, the NBA has always been big on, you know, big on pulling in black folks. You know what I mean? Always been big on that. And I'm like, this is the one time that y'all don't do y'all's research. You know, you know, it's really surprising. Like, you know, like that, like that really, that really caught me off guard because I did see them during the celebrity game. They were talking to them during the celebrity game. You know, the, the you know, the, the, the two white girls that like stole the moves from Jalila and became famous for it. And I saw them talking to him at the all-star, uh, the all-star celebrity game. And I'm just like, wait a minute. No, they didn't, they didn't originate this. Dem- What's going on here? You know, and I'm just like, eh, same as it ever was, I see. And what I, what I really find to be ridiculous is that, um, what I really find to be ridiculous is that, like, the, the two girls that really got on, they got agents and whatnot and pushing the stuff. Now, like, they've quietly retweeted, um, you know, K-Camp's tweet saying, like, thanks to Jalila and them for getting my song up to blah, 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 blah. They tweet, but they, ain't, they haven't said, you know, because of her... We're able to do what we can do. They didn't quote tweet. No, they oh, not at all. They retweet comments. They just retweet. Right, okay. and they're like, "Oh, that that'll, that'll that'll work." And I'm like, "No, it, it won't." But they're still going to continue to get to to get opportunities, regardless. And like, but like, and that's and that goes back to the whole that whole thing. It's like, what if our people were honestly given the space, the opportunity, the finances? That a lot of them deserve for being, you know, you know, the originators of this stuff. How would it change things? You know, so I don't I just it, it frustrates me. It it really does. And that's the whole thing. It's like, yo, I don't even when, you know, when I'm on culture trapping with y'all, a lot of people just think, man, why is Sean so angry? I'm like, y'all think I enjoy that? That's the show. Y'all where we think get I'm to like- be angry. That's the show. Where yeah. we get to, well, that's why Daryl wanted us on the show. Yeah. So we can you know, take turns while yeah. out. Well, now I'm like, yo, <laughs> like, look, listen, like, y'all think I, I get a kick out of being upset and telling y'all how fucked up the world is? No. But if I don't tell you who is. Yeah, they don't know, man. They just want to buy their books every week. Yeah, yeah. like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, if, if y'all came here to, to, to talk about some whack event, I'm not really here for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, you want to talk about some Fast and Furious. You want to talk about, you know, how jacked up the country is right now. You know, you want to talk about some video games. You want to talk about some power. Um, Matter of fact, I really can't wait to really watch, sit down and watch power. You really don't understand. Y'all got me so fucking excited now. Like, like I, I struggled watching like Game of Thrones. I struggled, especially that last season. That last season made me so angry because I it was, so many years, Sean. I, I understand, and see, that's the thing. I understand because that last season makes you feel that way. That last season makes you feel that all those previous seasons were for nothing. All those hours. Yes. Researching. Conversations. Yes. 
it just makes you feel like you wasted your time. So I get that. But like, and you know, and like, it's not even like the whole hate watching thing. Cause like, you know, a lot of people that watched Empire, they just hate watched it. And I'm just like, why would you do that? Who got the time to hate watch? Right. There's so much shit out there right now. There's so much shit out there right Always now. Always behind. Right. Yes. There's so much stuff out there right now. And so I'm like, who got time to hate watch? And so, but like, what, but like, there are shows that like I do love to watch where I love them and hate them at the same time. And, and like, when y'all talked about power that way, I'm like, this is going to be something that I am going to be able to get into and I cannot wait. It's amazing, bro. Like, yeah, I really hated on power for a while. Like, but it's low key. It's low key. It's just, it's interesting to see two shows debut around the same time one that explodes and one that kind of slow burns into being like massive like yeah. empire hit and it was like a hit and it was in this weird place of there was a there was a dearth of black shows on and yeah. fox took this gamble on um lee daniels and uh jonathan whatever his name from uh buffy because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I still think of it as that character, even though he's like a like Oscar nominated screenwriter and producer for television and all this type of stuff. Like, but they make this show that has the elements of crime and connected to rap music, but it never feels authentic, right? Right. Like you're like, n- like we're not even in the music business and we know this is not how the music business works. Like, correct. <laughs> like it's not even like, this is hard to find out. There's documentaries, there mo- there's movies. Uh, Puffy had reality shows with him in it. Damon dash mm-hmm. had reality shows with him in it. Uh, we didn't know every goddamn thing about death row records. Uh, we know how rap labels work. Right. And black labels work to a degree and nothing in this show feels right. And the way they were putting in certain things and his lack of caring for authenticity. It's a black show, but it, it, it lacks the authenticity. Like, you should have based it around something else. Because if you just wanted to make Black Dallas, that's fine. Or black, a black Dynasty, that's fine. But I think it just got too weird and crazy that people was like, yo, this is stupid. And then, like, everything with uh, Juice Smollett. Happened. And it like, <laughs> it kind of killed the show. Yeah, it did. But, it really did. Like there's stuff about power that you know this is not how drugs work. And when I mean drugs work, I'm not talking to people in terms of uses of drugs. I'm talking about there's a sadly to say, I think people within the black community has a certain basic level understanding of this is how this shit works. Right. If you grew up within the crack era, you know there's certain things. And you're like, okay, this is over the top, but these are superheroes. Again, mm-hmm. between this and fa- this and Fast and Furious, I still think work on like, and I don't even know if the people within Power know it's still kind of working within like the Dungeons and Dragons role playing game type of like idea of character growth and skill acquiring because you start the characters are already badass when you meet them, right? Yes, but, Sean. By the time you get to the end. I'm telling you, they doing some shit. This like, nah, man, they just, they just some drug dealers in New York. How are they doing this? Like, and it's just like, oh yeah, this makes sense if they direct rolling a rolling a, you know what I'm saying, a D20, 
and they got some stat boosts. Mm-hmm. They able to do some feats. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, oh man, he got this. Oh, Tommy got his got his his shearling coat equipped. Mm, he, he his stats getting boosted. <laughs> yes, <laughs> going, oh shit! Oh, Ghost got the tracksuit on. Mm, he about uh. to oh man, he, his stats is boosted up. He gets through this. Oh my goodness! And that's how it works. It's just like well, fuck it. And then you get to the end, and I don't want to spoil anything. And they just hit you with a trailer. It's four more shows. <laughs> got, it's four. It's four. It's like when you when you read the comic and you you finish like the the series and they just like. like Oh, there's four spinoffs? I gotta read all these books now? But you in mm. now. Like he's like, well fuck. They gave all the these characters spin-off books. I gotta read this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm in this. Yes. Like, I'm stuck. Yes. This this is the equivalent of like the eighties when Marvel was like, yo, yo, we're just gonna do all these little mini series. Man, yeah. Like, did Falcon got a mini series? Well, I gotta read that shit. Hawkeye yeah. got one? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you, but didn't, like, you didn't even read it when it come out. You just go look in the past. It's like, what do you mean they had a mini series? Like, what do you mean the Inner Secret Wars? The thing has a series. He stayed on the Battle World, right? <laughs> yeah, what do man. you mean? What? What? That's how She Hulk became part of the Fantastic. Well, golly, I'm reading, <laughs> and I gotta read the Fantastic Four because She Hulk said it, and I like She Hulk. Yes. There you go. There you go. See? See? It, it all connects. It all fucking connects. I just... It's just crazy. Not only that, though, but going back to power, because, like, you know, y'all was talking on that Coach Trap episode, like, the, the power retrospective episode, where, you know, y'all talk about, well, there's a lot of sex here. There's a lot of fucking. Um, however, in watching the first episode of Outlander uh, last night, yeah, there's a lot of fucking there, too. That may be, that's, that's, that's part of Stars' brain. <laughs> If you want to see some good soft core, some stuff that pushes that edge between Skinamax yeah. and respectable entertainment, yeah. you got stars. You got stars. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like, oh. Oh, I can internal. I'm saying this internally. I'm not saying that out loud. I'm like, oh. 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 Okay. All right. This is what we do. Okay. Yo, Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> I always feel uncomfortable when I'm around other people when I'm watching the sex scene. So I can see for sure that like the people doing the sex scene and the people uh-huh. filming the sex scene is hella awkward. I never, I like, I never stopped having that feeling I did like when I was a kid and I was seeing a movie with like my mom or something. And there's a sex scene. There's a point where she covered my eyes. There's a point where she just stopped. Like, nah, it's over. Like, I was like, I never stop having that feeling <laughs> all the time. I'm all about to be old as shit, and that's like, I shouldn't be seeing this around other people. This makes me feel. Like <laughs> Man, this kid me with yeah. the ill edit, the ill like faded from one thing and faded to yeah. another. I'd be like, ah, yeah, we don't need that sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have these feelings. Oh man, oh man. So, so, but, but then to so see, here's the thing though. When, when those sex scenes showed up in the first episode of Outlander, I was like, oh, okay. So there, there's no need for for for, for, for you know for uh, for my fiance. To be uh, uncomfortable during the sex scenes in power, no. so I'm like, okay, it's a trade-off. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. You know, so she will be prepared. She will be prepared yeah. for the sex scenes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, Cinemax uh, decided to stop doing original programming, right? I'm not. Surprised. Who's watching it? Well, you know, they ain't got this- no app, bro. They ain't got no app on the TV, bro. 
Yeah, they you have gotta no stream app. it through the web browser. Yeah, or they used to have an app on their uh, on for like iOS and Android. They got rid of um, that shit. Oh, for real? And Bruh. plus, with all the shit HBO is doing, it's like, why? Because you know, isn't like Cinemax is still part of that family, correct? Yeah. So it's you like you even figured out that the, the name of the, the name of the streaming app is the combination of the two premium channels. Mm, okay. HBO so, Max. Yeah, Cindy, you go. You're right. You're right. So, I so like I understand why Cinemax Cinemax is like, yeah, we're not going to make anything anymore. There's no need. The streaming, the, the app is coming. Yeah, the app is coming. And I feel the type of way because I was reading the facts. I'm like, yo, I pay y'all for HBO through my cable provider. What you mean I don't get this goddamn app? I'm feeling the <laughs> way. Yeah, I'm an you know AT&T I- customer. You know how much money I fucking give y'all each month? Like, mm-hmm. yo, I need y'all to do something. I might really yeah. write them letters like I need y'all to do something. I give y'all too much money a month. Like, mm. nah, fam, I do not. Yeah. I do not want to give you an extra fifteen bucks. I don't watch Country Road like that. I got cable. I could just watch everything the regular way. Mm. I seen all the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes, I give a fuck about Friends. I've only seen eight episodes. That shit was on for ten years. Mm. It's not even mm. the thing about like, you know, the whole thing with living single now and all that. But I'm like, nah, I didn't watch it because this shit just looked boring. Like, I yeah. could watch Seinfeld. They were assholes. <laughs> yeah, it's more that's why. That's why I think I enjoy Avenue Five so much, because like it's made by the folks who made Veep, and like in Veep, all the characters are insufferable, and for the most part, and in Avenue Five. Everybody on that show is insufferable. So, like, you don't feel guilty if something bad happens to them. And, like, there's some silly stuff and there's some funny stuff in there. But, like, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. Like, with Larry David, with Kirby Your Enthusiasm. I enjoy that, too. You know, I've never watched an episode of Curb. Really, now? It's not even that I hate it. Like, I just, yeah. I just don't watch it. Well, it's just on and it's like... Like, it either comes on at a time when I'm not watching HBO. Or even, like, right now, I'm like, ah, oh, Sydney night. Like, I should watch. Like, do I turn to HBO? But I'm like, mm, I could be catching up on the week. Right. No, no, like, trust me. There's, there's, there's too much stuff. Like, there's too much stuff. Like, man, like, I could just, there's so much other stuff. There's, like, so much stuff to watch. Like, I, I watched, like, yesterday. Like, it's a holiday weekend. I was able mm-hmm. to get through like two episodes of Love and Hip Hop, two episodes of All American, two episodes of Black Lightning, mm. three weeks of NXT. Cause I had to watch wrestling at double speed. Yeah. And it's like, bro, this is a lot. I think I watched something else too. I'm like, whoa. I haven't watched a new show, Cherish the Day, yet. I'm gonna try to knock that out today. Uh-huh. They had a two night premiere. I was like, "Man, y'all gave me two episodes in the same week. That's hard." Oh yeah, I watched River. I watched two episodes of Riverdale. Yo, yo, Riverdale's crazy. Sean, how come we grew up in a world in which Archie was always easygoing? Everything worked out for him. He got two girls that love him. He may get a crush on a new girl. He got his best friend. Everything is up roses for Archie. Then you watch Riverdale. Nothing goes right for Archie. The niggas broke. 
his dad is dead. Like, his mom can't always be home because she also got a life in Chicago from when, like, she left the dad and they had a divorce. Like, he get terrible grades because he was thrown into jail and he was on the run and he worked for a crime boss and he yeah. got in fighting. Like, he, nothing goes right for Archie. He can't even graduate with his friends, Sean. What <laughs> the hell? What's happened? Is this Yo, modern Archie? This what is the, modern Archie. Like, what the fuck? Everything, like, and, like, the only thing he gets constantly that we don't get in the past is that he picks the girl. He picks Veronica and he smashes. It also weird. It's like, yo, Archie has sex. Wow. <laughs> and then he was even crazy. It's also like, Jughead has sex. You're like, whoa. But he don't give a fuck about women in the comics. He don't care about nobody. He mm. nothing. He don't care about dudes. He don't care about girls. He don't care about non-conforming. He just don't care. He like cheeseburgers. That's right. Not this show, man. He hates a prince of a gang. He's freaking... He's in a, like a terrible, evil prep school, and they're gonna kill him. And and he's fucking Betty, and she got crazy powers. Well, not even powers, but she like has serial killer because she's there's a serial killer gene. The show is bananas, and it's more bananas <laughs> than the comics is because they do outlandish shit with Archie. Like Jughead's a werewolf and shit, and time travel stories where he gets to pick which one he marries, and he was a superhero. All that shit is weak compared to this Riverdale show now. Yeah. All this shit is weak. Man, it's listen. Weak. It's just alternate universe Archie on full tilt. It's the saddest. It's the saddest. The show is great. It's the saddest Archie. His uncle was a, is a fucking former vet who has PTSD. Was a never do right. And then he also was a mercenary that kind of did some shady shit. And a motherfucker came to kill him. A whole episode was about this motherfucker trying to kill him to clean up some shit from the dirty shit they did when they was in the desert. And then mm. Archie had to fight a grown-ass man in school. And he almost died. I'm like, bro, this is your senior year. This is the worst senior year ever. This is this is worse than anything in Saved by the Bell. Mm. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Saved by the Bell is mad soft compared to Riverdale fan. <laughs> like... Battle two one oh none of this shit compares, bro. The no. only thing is worse is Buffy, and she had to literally die fighting demons. Yeah, but Archie's fucking close. <laughs> like, he's that close. <laughs> like we don't got demons, but that's across the river in Sabrina Land, so don't count it out yet. <laughs> Archie might have to fight some demons one day. We don't know. <laughs> it's too wild, he fam. Even, he might not even have a high school diploma. Ain't that a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> he's running two businesses and his uh, principal won't give him go cut him no slack so he graduate with his friends struggle game Dang marching his, man his dad game. died bruh yeah <laughs> oh, it's man. fucking all, like that's what I'm saying like all this TV on all these stories all this content I don't know bro it's too it's too much it's too much I understand why you sit things out you know what I'm saying I'm here it's, to tell you what to watch though I know, and I appreciate, and I appreciate <laughs> you for that, though. I do because, like, here's the thing, like, and the thing is, like, I do want to watch all this stuff. I do, I really, really do, and I, it's just, just for me, it's been like, it's, and I think this is where some of that Air Force brat stuff comes in. It's like, Sean, you need to do your work, and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll do the work, and I'll do the work. I'll get these books made. I'll work on this. I'll work on that. But at the same time, it's just like. No, you deny yourself shit because you feel you don't deserve anything. And that needs to stop. And so 
And so, like, and then it's also at the same time, it is a little bit of a anxiety where it's like there's just so much shit, and I don't want to, and I can't start on something because that means I need to finish it. But there's these other things here. So then you, then I, then it, then that anxiety builds up too. And like, I'm just like, yo, man, just chill out, relax. It's just a TV show, man. Just, just hit play. It's gonna be okay. And it's just, but there's so much stuff now. Like, there's so much. Like, I just learned, like, like last year's perfect example. Last year, I just learned that there was a show overseas called Game Center CX. And it's about a dude named Areno in Japan. And like he supposedly works for this company and his job every week is to go into this room and play an old school video game and try to beat it within a certain period of time. That's right. But the ca- but the catch is he's terrible at video games. Mm. And and like um so like so like you see him try to play and like the thing is like during all these games like if you get the episodes like online because there's like this uh, community where it's just like they brought in they brought in all these episodes and they and they like subtitled them for everybody and um but like then a couple years ago years ago when uh, I forget the uh, the website was it Kotaku or something like that they um took a few episodes and dubbed them and then they brought out a box set. And they also put had the you know the, the actual subtitles you didn't have to listen to in English because it's better that way in the, with the subtitles. Uh, Bangju Ho told you go read one inch. Uh, one, inch. That's <laughs> one inch. You can do it. You can do it, fam. And uh, but like sometimes like you know his assistant directors will come in and help him play a game to get through a certain level. He'll get help. You know he'll get helpers or he'll get hints on how to yo this is how you get through this or this gets you this little bonus. And like the show is is, is great. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's great. And so like so I started watching that and I'm like there's all these episodes and I want to try to get them all and watch them all and like I just felt overwhelmed by it. Mm. And but like at the same time, a lot of times like if I'm writing, there's this episode where like it's a two-parter where uh, he's playing this game called uh, Quest of Key, Quest of Ki, uh, Quest of Key uh, or Ki or something like that. And uh, yeah, Quest of uh, yeah, Quest of Key. And it's a two-parter. And um, I'll play that in the background, and it, you know, just, and it plays in its natural language, and the subs will be on. But like, I just love hearing it as I'm writing. But like, I love that show. But the thing is, this show's been on forever, and like, I'm finally getting to watch it now. And that's my whole thing. Like, I'm always going to be behind. There's some things I'm like, no, you got to make time for this. When that Beast Morphers episode, that that one or two part to come on, and Jason come back. You best believe my ass is going to be in front of that TV at 8, 8.30 in the morning watching that shit like I was a child with some cereal. Oh, see, I got my little, you know, my TV will be popping. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to record that shit. And I'm going to watch uh-huh. that shit. I still got a whole season to watch that shit. Like, I do most of my watching, but I'm doing other things. And people ask me, like, how do you, like, how do you do this? It's like, what are y'all doing when y'all washing dishes and washing clothes? Mm-hmm. I just put the TV on. I got commercial skip because I got a TiVo. <laughs> and you know it just be going i just put the little cue on i just start playing yeah and then, you know you got the, the apps i'm like you know what i don't know why y'all cheap just pay for the hulu without commercials <laughs> let the shit go yeah you know how much you can get done when you like cleaning stuff or wiping stuff when i'm writing reviews i got the tv on that's the thing the difference it helps that like i ain't got nobody around mm-hmm. and i just stop going out so it's easy when i'm doing something else yo i you know, reason for me not to have the TV on. Like, I don't like silence that much. Yeah. That's how the ghost gets you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. 
But you know, shoot, I gotta catch up on some Super Sentai myself. Like I just skipped the whole season of the show. Show about to be over. They're about to debut a whole new joint. I missed the whole joint. Mm-hmm. But that's oh, yeah. Common Rider Fire though. I'll be watching that joint on the regular. They'll be like, mm, mm. zero one, let's go. Like well, let's, <laughs> let's get this in. But it gets, it's, I ain't gonna lie, like it's hard reviewing stuff too. Yeah. Reviewing movies, like a lot of times I get behind myself because it's like if I'm at the movies three days out of the week, that's like three primetime nights. That my TiVo's just sitting down like, yo, man, I'm at 97%, bro. What are you going to do? Right. Something better get deleted. Something going to get deleted. Yeah. And like, shit, I got to watch the new shit because the old stuff I keep on there because there ain't no way to get it no more. Right. Uh, that's a life. But yeah, man, I want to thank you for coming on, for talking about Ignition, even though we took mad tangents. But I think it helps. It helps oh, inform yeah. the, the listeners to Ignition, you know, talking about Talking about car racing movies. Yeah, man. Get you in the mood. People should watch some of these movies so when they when they read Ignition, when they support Ignition, they understand the type of like the type of world you're trying to make. You know what I'm saying? Watch yeah, them man. transporter movies. Go find them Clive Owen BMW commercials with the driver. Yo, that shit was hard. Uh watch you know, I'm always gonna tell people watch Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Shit, watch both versions of the Italian job. Liddy. Yes. Yes, they were. They were fantastic. Yes. You know, Gone to 60 Seconds. The old one and the Nick Cage joint. I love that Nick Cage shit. Ah, man. <laughs> he, he was old one back in the 2000s, boy. He was old yeah. one. He was popping them out. He was yeah, the guy. Bro. Yo, but, you know. him and Jerry Bruckheimer, man. Him and Jerry Bruckheimer was like that meme of Carl Weathers' arm and Predator uh, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's arm and Predator. Yep. That's what it is. The, the dap of power. He's like, well, this yep. movie's going to be good. <laughs> but um, yeah, Sean, tell everybody where they can find you online. Yeah, man. And give them the, the you know the link again for the Kickstarter or how to get to the Kickstarter when it okay. starts and the date for the Kickstarter. All right, the date, the launch date is February twenty first, twenty twenty. You can go to the Kickstarter by going to theignitioncomic.com or just uh, type my name if you got Kickstarter. Just in this little search thing, type S H A W N. P-R-Y-O-R and you should be able to find Ignition that way as well um, you'll probably also be able to find it um, through my Twitter page uh, at SeanRPryor.com once again S-H-A-W-N R-P-R-Y-O-R um, on Twitter Instagram is at the Sean P Show um, also I got a Patreon you know I, I blog do some mini comics uh, from time to time um, also do like a little bit of podcasting I'm always behind um, also, uh, some other like little little projects and like short short story pros and stuff like that, and you can get that at uh, Patreon Patreon dot com slash Sean Pryor if uh, if I remember correctly. Also, if you go to Sean dot com, that shoots you to my Amazon page and shows you all the stuff that I've I've worked on and all the stuff that's coming out. You know, and I know how some of y'all feel about Amazon. That's fine, but you can see the books there and then go somewhere else and get them. I won't be mad. And then. If you go to my Gumroad page, which is gumroad.com slash Crowntaker Studios, there are three books there, uh, three digital books that um, two of them you can't get anywhere else. One is a, um, a story comic called The Fire Within, a story about domestic violence, um, which is a story that's very close to my heart. You can download it for free or you can pay for it. If you pay for it, money goes towards charities. And then there's my uh, Power Rangers, unofficial Power Rangers comic um, called Total Eclipse, um, featuring the art of George Cambadays, 
Um, editorial assist by Julian Lytle, plus a pinup by Justin Stewart and lettering by Justin Birch. It is my love letter to uh, Power Rangers. It's a special team up episode. Um, it takes place in television television continuity. You've never seen anything like this before. Um, Hasbro, you really need to give us a call because um, we could really we could really y'all like making money. We could really make some money. So um, so yeah, you could get all those joints at uh, gumroad.com slash crown taker studios um so yeah that's about it um you know julian thank you again for having me on i appreciate our conversations and talks and i appreciate you fam thanks man